Hi, I'm Maureen O'Brien, and this is The Sirens of Audio. Please leave a review for us on Apple Podcasts, and please like, share, subscribe, and comment on our YouTube videos. Then you shall be like us. G'day audiophiles, this is the Sirens of Audio, the show that explores the universe of Doctor Who and the audio medium. I'm Dwayne. And I'm Philip. G'day Dwayne, g'day audiophiles. G'day Philip, how are you? I am well, thank you. Been a bit warm here, we've been having a few 40 degree days in Sydney. So I yeah, heard that. Mm. I heard that. Could I'm coming to you from, from Albany in Western Australia, so if there are any listeners in Western Australia, do let me know. Um, in Albany, uh, you can wave as I go past. Yeah, everyone's going to look up on a map where West Australia even is, let alone Albany. <laughs> it's the place that uh, was locked off and no one could get into a few years ago. Okay. Uh, all right, today is our final full podcast episode for the year. We've got one bonus episode because we're going to we're going to come back on to talk about the Church on Ruby Road. Judy Gat was first episode, but this will be our first one. We're going to have a bit of a rest, Philip. I think nice. we've earned it. I think so too. How about, first of all, we just recap uh, the events that are coming up in February. Should we do that first? That would be good. So for those who haven't heard yet, uh, for those of you in Australia, we have Wendy Padbury coming to confirm Sydney and Melbourne. Um, I'm, I'm actually discussing and trying to work out whether we can get her to Brisbane as well. Um, but I'm not, not talking to me in Brisbane. I'm still trying to get contact with the right person. Um, but yes, yeah, Sydney on the 10th of February. And then on the 18th of February in Melbourne, there'll be a VIP dinner the night before. So yeah, we've got Wendy Padbury. We've also got her daughter, Charlie Hayes, coming as well, Haynes, um, who's done a number of big Finnish stories, some really great ones, and she's had some great roles. She has. Um, sometimes working with her mum, often not. Um, so we'll also um, have a bit of a chat with her while she's out as well. All right. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about all seven episodes that have been released thus far there's a little one to come in 12 months time of once and future the big finish 60th anniversary series and we're going to go through we're not going to spend too long on each one but we're going to give a brief recap of each story and just give our our basic thoughts on those but before we do philip do you know what no what Dwayne? we have to jump down the rabbit hole for the last time in 2023 Come with me, Philip. Let's go. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> Thanks for coming down the rabbit hole with me again, Philip. This is going to be a nice, easy one. We're just going to look back over the podcast for the last year and look through some of the highlights. And I just want to get your thoughts and feedback on what your memories are and standout moments from those years. So if we go back to... To January, we had uh, some awesome guests in January. The first guest of the year was Michael Troughton. Then we had Jeffrey Beavers. Then we had Gary Russell 
uh, joining us for a Randomoids episode. Um, standout moments from January for you? Not all of them, I suppose. <laughs> that's, not, that's, not, that's not too shoddy a start of the year, was it? It's a great um, start to the year. Yeah. yeah it, it, it was great talking with Michael Troughton and um, getting a few stories about his dad and just hearing about his career and what he's doing. So that I really enjoyed. But for me, I mean, the highlight um, has to be Jeffrey Beavers. Um, what a fascinating life. What a lovely, lovely man. And just, He's such a gentleman. Such yeah, a gentleman. Uh, it was just glorious. So just being able to sit and chat with him, um, yeah, that, that was great. And Gary, we've had Gary lots of times this year because Gary's you know, a friend of our podcast and um, always full of great stories. But yeah, for, for January, I guess Jeffrey was just amazing. You? Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, well, it was thrilling to talk to Michael Troughton as well because I really – uh, sort of fell in love with Michael Michael's voice when I listened yeah. to the uh, biography of his dad that he narrated. So I really enjoyed talking to him, and I predicted before it was announced that he should be playing the Doctor. And of course, uh, I think someone must have listened to me at Big Finish. And that must only uh, be the thirtieth time you said that. <laughs> That's it. All right, let's move to February. Uh, we had Kate Orman join us for the first time. We had a a special. Um, on Stephen Greif, where we played some uh, some un some cut footage from our interview with him, because we were doing a, um, a sort of a memorial for for him. Uh, we also had Jan Chapel and and Sally Nevet come back one to give us some extra material. Uh, we also spoke to Michael Stevens, uh, commissioning editor for BBC Books, and Simon Gurria was on this podcast for the first time and he hasn't been on since we've got to do something about that in 2024 philip uh he was talking about uh one of our randomoid episodes as well so what are your thoughts on on <laughs> february i think kate orman was a big one uh, kate, kate was amazing to talk with um and just it was good to see her with so much life and so many stories to tell um actually the huge one that got lots and lots of listens to was um the target the target i was gonna say target publisher um, but the BBC books, Michael Stevens, Michael yeah. Stevens, like, like lots, people of, lots really of interest there, lots of interest in that one. Um, I guess for me, we had such an amazing time with Stephen Greif. Was it last year? Um, and so I think passing, it was. It was two years ago. Two years ago, his passing just seemed like a real shock because he'd been so full of life. We'd had such an amazing time with him. Um, so that was just sad. I mean, and so it was lovely catch up with Sally and Jan, and once again. You know, there's a bit of a bit more emotion that we, we cut stuff that we didn't put in. Um, but that was just a special yes. time as well, just being able to share. And Stephen Graff's sons got in contact with us just to thank us for the episode and for things that they learned about their father. And that was just lovely too, just to know that we yeah, his we touched his family's life as well, which was just lovely. Excellent. All right, let's move on to March. This was an interesting month. We had Dan Starkey. Uh, for week one. Then we had John Levine and we had Christopher Benjamin. Uh, <laughs> who else did we have? We had John Dorney back on too for, for another randomoids, but those three big guests, uh, what are your standouts uh, for that one? I know, which I know for me, it was probably John Levine. It was one of the most interesting interviews we've ever done. I think <laughs> yes, <laughs> but not only I'm... was there technical issues that we, that we kept dealing with. And I think we, we dealt with them reasonably well considering what those issues were, but, um, but John, yeah, he he was he was a fascinating character. Yes, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> um, no, I I was yeah, John will always be something that I will never forget. 
I mean, Dan Starkey, it was, I've been looking forward to talking to Dan for such a long time. He's had such a major input into modern who. And so just to talk to him was just a, a joy as well. But ben, Christopher Benjamin too, he has been, since I was little, um, you know, Mr. Jago, um, a huge impact. And just, just chatting with him and yarning with him about life and history. Um, some of the, uh, <laughs> I mean, Stephen Grant was taking far too soon. Some of the other actors are getting on. And, you know, just being able to spend some time with them while they're still here and get some stories. So I'm st- so I'm, <laughs> I hadn't looked at what we've done this year. Now you're reading them out. I'm just being blown away by those first three months. Like, that's just amazing who we've talked to. Like, I'm, yeah. I can't believe it. Wow. Yes. Well, April was a quiet month. We didn't do too many full episodes um because it was quite a rather busy month it was uh, our first event janet fielding was over oh, and right we we were we had events for janet set up in sydney hobart and brisbane so we only released well we released two episodes because one of them was janet fielding debrief where we were talking about uh janet's uh events but the other one was episode 150 our 150th episode where we had a sit down face to face in person with Rove McManus, who is a huge name here in Australia. Yeah. So and he obviously done a big finish. I, I don't think probably around the rest of the world, people may not know. In America, they probably do actually. He had a show over there. I, I guess for us, it's interesting with the um, the giggle last week um, and talk about the Logie Bear, uh, Logie Bear, who invented television. We have in Australia a... Um, awards night for television and film called the Logies named after Logie Baird. And so it was interesting. It's a bit like the Emmys, a bit like the Emmys in the U S as well. It's, it's, it's like the Emmys, but tackier. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm pretty sure the Emmys are all industry awards. And so people actually know what they're talking about award the best people Um, with our Logies. Half of our Logies are popularity awards. And so people, you know, it used to be, you used to fill out forms in, in a magazine, like, like the radio times. Um, called TV Week, um, but people used to rig that because they used to buy multiple you know, hundreds of TV weeks and you know, rig the forms. Now it's all done online, and people still rig that. <laughs> um, so it's it, it's a, but we love it. I mean, it, the logies are ours, but it's it just but um, Rovery Manus won the Gold Logie, which is the highest award you can win, and um, so that usually goes to particularly good actors or presenters. And for years, Rovery Manus had some of the best TV shows, best entertainment shows interviewing people and he was always amazing and yeah spending time with him in tasmania was just a joy and having him on our program was great in terms of you know as an aussie um we don't get to we don't get to do many aussies but it was great it was great to have him but yeah and he, had, that he had appeared in a big finish uh, as well so we're, it was good to be able to talk to him about that that's right but i mean janet field in that month was just you know that was the highlight of the joy and you know <laughs> doing things like going to the Blue Mountains, but we couldn't see them because of the mist. Going up Mount Wellington in Tasmania, couldn't see them because of the mist. Um, <laughs> did, um, yeah, my wife and I took Janet out to the, a play. The actor broke his ankle in the first half of the play, so the play was cancelled, so we didn't get to see the second half. Everywhere we took her, it was just a disaster. <laughs> she's, just, she's just jinxed that lady. She's just jinxed. Imagine <laughs> Janet and Katie Manning out together. Oh, terrifying. Don't, don't, no, no, no. no. Too, too scary. Okay, so May was uh, a little quieter as well because we had a random words to catch up on, but we did, and we and we showed some footage from the Brisbane event, Jason Hay Gallery, um, which was interesting to show. Uh, but, but we, we did Sophie. 
We did have Sophie that month, so that was busy as well. Uh, but we had a we had a a big full sort of career, big finish career interview with Helen Goldwyn in in May, which was really good too. And Max Kashevsky. Um, it was nice to be able to talk to a, a new writer uh, as well. So uh, I always find those interviews fascinating. But it was good to have a proper sit down chat with uh, with Helen as well. Helen is just astounding. I find her so, so talented. I, I It blows me away that she isn't a huge star because she should have been. Um, it's it's the luck of the draw sometimes. You know, sometimes people get picked up and other times people don't. Helen has so much talent and still continues to just shine. And we'll be talking about her quite a bit today, actually, because she's directed a lot of these episodes. Yes, exactly. So in June, we had an interesting interview. We, we had a, a chat with Elizabeth Morton, Peter Davison's wife about a book that she was writing, plus a few other Doctor Who type things. Uh, we had Tim Bentink, who is a regular guest actor for Big Finish and very, very famous for his long term role in the radio series The Archers, which he's still doing. Um, who else do we have? That were the two biggies for for that month. So yeah, I found Elizabeth Morton's was really fascinating, and she was in the tripod. So I was very excited to to talk to and, someone from the I know you enjoyed too. that one, but yeah, she was she was lovely and charming indeed. Yeah, she was. And Tim was great too because uh, fellow Tasmanian, born in Tasmania. So a very interesting story. Uh, July was great. We had uh, the beautiful Beth Chalmers join us. We had Glenn McCready uh, and we had Lizzie Hopley uh, join us for that month as well. So uh, probably, well, they're all standouts for me because Glenn McCready was just hilarious. Um, Beth Chalmers was fantastic. What an amazing voice. But I really enjoyed uh, Lizzie Hopley. She, she was with us for the whole show right from start to finish. And she was um, had, a, had a lot of really interesting, thoughtful things to say. Um, so that was a standout for me, Lizzie, I think, for that month. I love it when we get to talk to the writers. And Lizzie has been producing such amazing work. It was a real joy. But, yeah, I mean, Glenn and so who was the other person Beth, to say? Beth Chalmers. Oh, Beth. I mean, you know, both of them have done so many roles. Beth's going to come up again tonight. Um, yeah, so once again, oh, yeah, that was, there, there were some great conversations there. Okay, we're up to August. And it was great to talk to Paul Verhoeven, another Aussie, mm. a, a well-known Australian, actually, who, who wrote for the second Doctor box set, wrote a story called The Green Man. We had Johnny Morris on again. Um, Hugh Ross from uh, Countermeasures we had on as well and we played some more we devoted one episode to some of the Janet Fielding live in Sydney so that was an interesting month as well I think I I love talking with Paul Verhoeven I've spoken to him a couple of times on the podcast now and I love his enthusiasm for what he does that just comes through in in the way he speaks about what he does the excitement in his voice, he really takes you along for the ride. Yep, I agree. Uh, Hugh Ross for me, because I, I love countermeasures, and I mm. I just love Hugh's voice. It's just amazing. So I yep. think for me, just talking to Hugh and his career and um, countermeasures was a great joy. And now we're getting up to the 60, towards the 60th anniversary season that we began in September, um, but not with this one. The first one we did for September was... Uh, a chat with John Dorney and Louise Jameson for The Omega Factor, which was uh, due to be released a month or two after we spoke to them. 
Um, then we had uh, a couple of couple of other podcasters on that month. We had Sarah from Type Forty talking with us about the Ninth Doctor. We had Martin Havel talking to us about or with us about uh, Torchwood. Um, and then we did a, a look back at the Paradise of Death. We were heading right back into the 60th anniversary uh, feature by looking back at anniversary stories. And of course, the last one for that month, we had five episodes in September. Uh, we were looking, doing a retrospective of the pirates. So would that, would I be correct in assuming that that would be your standout for the month? Well, I was going to say having a good goss with Lou and John was probably a major standout at the start yep. of the month. Um, yep. Yeah. It's been a while since that, you know, I caught up with, with Lou and um, yeah, I always love a good goss session with her. Um, and John's is crazy. Yeah. So I love, love, love time with him. And we've had a couple of times with him and see different things. But yeah, doing the Pirates retrospective, it's a favourite of mine in terms of shows. And just being able to chat with such a wide range of people about the show. So yeah, we had some really amazing interviews from all sorts of people involved in the production, behind and in front and behind the microphone. And yeah, that was a real joy being able to do that. Yeah, absolutely. All right, October uh, was a good one too because we, we spoke with... Another Blake Seven person, Brian Croucher. We had Conrad Westmass coming on to talk about Kerry's uh, and his time for, with Big Finish and his life in general. Um, and we looked at the Villains trilogy. Uh, we also had Gary Russell on to talk about Zagreus. So any standouts in particular? For, there's a couple of big standouts for me in that month. Wow, just as I say, that's amazing. <laughs> I mean, Brian Croucher was fantastic. So I think... Of all the first two seasons now, we've, we've managed to speak to all the surviving, not just about um, Blake all Seven, or by one, and that's unfortunately going to happen. Um, so that, that's, I guess we're very blessed and privileged to have been able to chat with all the surviving Blake Seven people. Shame sure we haven't been able to get a few more early on. Um, and we've got to start thinking about working season three and four. Sorry, uh, C and D for the Blake Seven purists. Um, why would you number things A, B, C, D? I don't know. Maybe B, B, C. So Brian Croucher was certainly, and it was an interesting, I mean, you never quite know what you're going to get when you do these interviews. And often they take you down a different path than you expect. And Brian Croucher was certainly one that took me down a different path to everything I prepared for, which is okay. I mean, it's, yeah, John Levy did the same thing. Um, occasionally you just go, go off on some interesting tangents and you're never quite sure if you're going to get back again. The villains trilogy because we spoke to all three writers. Ian Kubiak. Oh, no, we didn't talk to all the writers. No, we we spoke to Ian Kubiak on that one. Oh. Um, but we had Gary Russell talking a little bit when we we had him on in the following month talking about. Well, we had him later talking about Zagreus, but we cut a little bit in with Gary talking about okay. the villains trilogy. Right, I had in my head that we mentioned to speak to all the writers, each of the three writers for that. You're, you're thinking of the 1963 trilogy, I think. Oh, yes. Okay. I'm, I'm good grief. I've got no idea what we did this year. I'm so... <laughs> We've done too much. <laughs> we have done too much. We need yeah. a rest. So what, what else did I for you that month, Wayne? Well, the, the big standout for me was Conrad Westmass. What a oh, joy yes. to talk to Conrad. Um, He's coming back. Such a, such a lovely guy. And he is coming back next month. In the in the Sontarans versus Rutans box set, which is going to be awesome, and um, yeah, it was a really a really popular episode too. So lots super of people were interested in super popular episode. 
Mm. Um, and, and, I mean, and Conrad really, once again, it, it, it took us down a slightly different path to where, where I was expecting to go. And he just, because he was so open and honest, we were actually able to discuss some stuff that he's never discussed with anyone else before. And I think that mm. was, you know, and he was, you know, and we, we checked out with him afterwards. Said, Are you happy for this to go in? Yeah. You know? um, and I think because of that, his honesty and just being open, it, it allowed very us endearing. Have, yeah, exactly. And, and just discussing things that, yeah, often don't get discussed. And, and that's part of what we try and do. We, we, we often try and show a different side or show a, a more complete side of those people come to the program rather than a very you know, narrow view. We try and show a much broader view. And often we go in strange. Yeah, strange directions, but I'm all about just, you know, ideally just letting the guests speak and let's see where we go. So in November, oh, I mentioned before I go to November that the last one for, for October was Gary Russell talking about Zagreus, which was fascinating oh, to talk Grace? about, yes. about such a important story to me. I think it's, uh, it's still my favorite anniversary story, uh, for, for many different reasons, but it was great to get some background from Gary on that. So moving on to November, uh, we were well and truly into anniversary season time now. We, we did some episodes on our own talking about uh, the Toymaker in the Companion Chronicle Solitaire. We, we reviewed the Star Beast, the big Finnish adaptation of it. Then we did the 1963 trilogy and we, that's where we spoke to all three authors. We had Eddie Robson, Johnny Morris and John Dorney on for that one. Um, and the last... Uh, I think the last, yes, the last main episode for November was Nick Briggs talking about The Light at the End, which I'm glad you pressed me to do it because we had done that story before on a, on a randomoids and I wasn't going to, to do it, but you pressed me and we got Nick to come on and join us and that was a lovely episode. I, I still think The Light at the End is the most anniversary of anniversary stories you can have. So it's it's up there with the three doctors, the five doctors, and the, the light at the end, because of what it does. That I, I I mean, as I said, I love the Grays. I think it's a wonderful anniversary story. I love the giggle and the specials we just had. And I think they're anniversary stories too. I think sometimes people get a bit narrow in their view about what an anniversary story should look like. I think there is a large range, but the light at the end is just glorious with you know the doctors and the companions and they're mixing together and. Even the yeah, you know, I said if it was made today, the first, second, and third Doctor would all have a much even bigger role, but they still actually play a, a significant role in that story. So I was so glad to listen to it again because it, to me it's just the perfect anniversary story. And, to, and in my head, I was just ticking off all the people we've talked to. You know, Colin Baker, Sylvester McCoy, India Fisher, Louise Jamison, um, Jeffrey Beavers. You, you, just, you, know, you work through the cast and say, oh yeah, oh you've done that, done that. You know, Dick Briggs, ticking them all off. John Dorney. Um, yeah, just to think, wow, we are just so fortunate. And as, as I listen now to stories like that, having spoken to the actors, spoke to the writers, it just means all the more. So for December, we've done two episodes so far. This is the third one for December. Uh, the first one, we look back at Bernice Summerfield and a very important character in terms of audio, uh, because even though she, she's sort of older than the audio. She's been with Big Finish for 25 years this year. So we had a look back at um, Love and War, the first story that she appeared in as a novel. And this was the Big Finish novel adaptation of that story. Um, and then our last episode, Philip, maybe this is the standout episode for you for the year. I don't know. But we had India Fisher on last week. 
and uh, what a joy she was to talk to. What a lovely lady. She really is. And yeah, stand, I don't know whether she's standout or not, but this, we, I still can't believe who we've spoken to. Just being reminded to see what we've had. We've had a big year and we finished big. We started big, we finished big. <laughs> and there's some big stuff to start us off next year as well. So what what a joy and just I'm still still just can't believe I'm here week by week chatting with some of these people and with you of course. And just on the Love and War episode, one thing that really uh, made me smile, I love it when we can we can get our friends and fellow fans to look a little bit further into something and I saw a tweet from someone who said I just listened to the Audio Sirens episode and I'm now on the Big Finish website looking at all the Benny releases and that was just a thrill if if we can you know get more p- people turned on to these great stories then i think that's our job done yeah i agree and yeah well, I th- yes i agree what i was going to say keep listening to audio it's brilliant <laughs> all right let's jump on up out of the rabbit hole and we're going to talk about once and future all seven episodes uh the first episode that came out was released in may so they've been monthly releases. And um, before we start talking about the first one, which is called Past Lives, uh, I will read the blurb. The Time War. The Doctor has been injured and brought to a Time Lord field hospital. His body glows with energy. But this is no regeneration into a future form. Instead, the Doctor's past faces begin to appear as he flits haphazardly between incarnations. Staggering to his TARDIS, the Doctor sets out to solve the mystery of his degeneration. Who has done this to me? How and why? From the Earth to the stars, across an array of familiar times and places, he follows clues to retrace his steps, encountering old friends and enemies along the way. Tumbling through his lives, the Doctor must stop his degeneration before he loses himself completely. Settling as his fourth incarnation, the Doctor goes in search of the monk with a vague memory that he had something to do with his degeneration. On Earth, the monk is meddling, bringing Sarah Jane Smith to the future unit HQ to steal a device for an alien race. The Doctor must help Kate Stewart and Osgood foil an invasion before he can confront the monk about what he knows. From Big Finish Productions. Ah, no! It's wrong! It's all gone wrong! Doctor Who, once and future past lives. I think it's the Doctor, sir. Help me. We have to stop it. I must fight it. I must resist. Right. First things first. What's the current situation, Doctor? Short-term memory scramble. (laughs) Tardis bruised and reproachful. Regeneration cycle all over the place. I say, Sarah Jane Smith, you look lost. Oh, it's you. Hello there. Doctor. Kate Lethbridge, Stuart. How wonderful. Hello, Dr. Petronella Osgood, at your service. You might say I'm revisiting a past life. Doctor, how far back do you go? I'm suffering from the effects of some sort of degeneration weapon. Finally. Our time has come. We've drawn attention to ourselves. Oh. On the cannons, shoot that thing out of the sky. It's coming right for us, isn't it? Yes, at quite considerable speed. Mm, perhaps we should. It's too late. 
big finish for the love of stories. So Past Lives by Robert Valentine. The director was Helen Goldwyn. Music and sound design by Howard Carter. Script editor Matt Fitton. It was recorded on the 2nd of February 2021, released May 2023. This was actually the second of all the stories to be recorded and goes back a couple of years, as you can hear. Starring Tom Baker as the Doctor, Sadie Miller as Sir Jane Smith, Jenna Redgrave as Kate Lethbridge-Stewart, Ingrid Oliver as Osgood, and Rufus Howard as the Monk. Um, also got Dan Starkey in it as Papa the Kest. And in terms of other Doctors, Colin Baker, Peter Davison, Sylvester McCoy, Stephen Noonan, Tim Trillor and Michael Troughton all make cameos. But the main Doctor in this one is Tom Baker with Sarah Jane Smith, Kate Osgood and the Monk. Thank you, Philip. Now, as far as anniversary stories go, I think Once and Future really does tick the boxes. And it's not, this is not an anniversary story for fans of the TV series, new or classic. It's a combination. It's a combination of classic, new and big finish. So I've seen criticism out there that this Once and Future is just like a checkbox of, you know, it's like an extended trailer for all the different ranges that they've got. But I think that this is doing exactly what anniversaries should do, and it's bringing all those elements together. And and the story is not like, as, as I read the blurb, the story is not that complex. The Doctor's degenerating, and he's trying to solve the mystery as to why and how and where and when, how, how this all came about. And each of the episodes, he's sort of looking for the next clue. So... In this one, as it said, he's got a vague memory of the monk somehow being involved. Obviously, he goes back in search of the monk, but the monk has picked up Sarah Jane Smith, played by Sadie Miller. And I think in this case, uh, the star of this one for me would be Sadie Miller. She has somehow nailed Sarah Jane like never before. This is almost a perfect performance, this one. There's so much emotion in it because... And spoilers, everyone. Please make sure you listen to this because there will be spoilers along the way. Oh, yes. Part, spoilers for everything. Spoilers, spoilers for everything. For everything. Part, part of what makes this so charming and the emotional impact is the fact that the fourth Doctor was well, not the fourth Doctor. It's, I think it's the eighth Doctor who's been generating. And I to say, I wonder whether they would have got away with this um, had, had they not started the productions in 2020. I don't know when Russell took over, when he had the idea of his bi-generation. But it's interesting that, you know, before we have the changing regenerations, we have this decent generations, which I think it means done something similar being done in Doctor Who magazine 30 years ago, about the same time as the Star Beast. There's a, a, there's a, there's a um, Doctor Who comic where the Doctor's going backwards through these regenerations. That from, which I think which Doctor's, I think it might be from the fifth Doctor backwards. Maybe it's the fourth Doctor. But they, there was a similar thing done in Doctor Who magazine decades ago. Um, but the whole idea of a degeneration where the doctor is actually flitting, his body keeps changing backwards and forwards with his clothing being done too, which is interesting. Um, interesting they never, they, because in the, um, the anniversary specials just on, they never mentioned why David Tennant's clothing changed with him when he regenerated from Jody. I expected there was going to be, there would be some point, but it was never covered. And in this, all the characters' clothing is changing with them as well. So who knows what that is? But it was interesting that this degeneration allows for every doctor to appear, but not at the same time. But it's, yeah, it's, it's beautiful how it goes on. But Tom Baker, who's the playing, this is his money, he comes back again. 
this is his main story in the range. He picks up Sarah Jane Smith um, on the moment, just on the same day that he's just dropped off in the Hand of Fear. And so for him, because he's he's the well, I isn't isn't that the monk that picks her up? Well, sorry, you're right. So she gets picked up by the monk. You're right, but they they meet up again on the same day. So yes. so the, the fourth Doctor's changed from, from the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, the seventh, the eighth. This is, is during the time. It's, a, war. it's actually the let, let's spoil this completely. It's the War Doctor who's degenerating. So it's okay. beyond the eighth. Yeah, beyond the eighth. So it, it's the War Doctor going through all these degenerations. And so it's been hundreds of years since Sarah Jane Smith has gone. But for Sarah, it's minutes since she's just left the doctor. And it's her coming to terms with the fact of, what do you mean you never came to see me again? Because at this point, she hasn't seen, you know, we, we do know that Sarah will reconnect with the doctor. But at this point, she's thinking that he's never bothered to come back to her, having just dropped off and how, when we've had this relationship. So that Sadie played that so well and played that emotion so well. Yeah, and an interesting combination because each one of these stories has a combination of, you know, sometimes uh, big Finnish characters, classic characters, new series characters, all in together. And the, and the combination of Sarah Jane with um, new unit under Kate Lethbridge-Stewart and Osgood uh, is, is an interesting one. I think, uh, I think it works really nice. I always love Osgood. As I've said previously, I'm not the biggest fan of, of Kate Lethbridge-Stewart, but um, but when she's there with Osgood, I think that that is a good, that is a good duo. They bounce off each other very well. And yeah. in combination with the monk, Rufus Hound's monk has been in many, many stories for Big Finish now. And originally the monk was played by Graham Garden, but then, uh, maybe he's, he's too old to do it now. I don't know. Maybe he's retired. Uh, but Rufus Hound has come in and he's like, he's like the perfect combination of like Peter Butterworth and graham garden you put those two together yeah. it's like like you get rufus hound and yeah. uh i think that works really well too i recently watched again the girl who waited the peter capaldi story which rufus hound is in so it was interesting seeing rufus hound acting live but it, as, as you say i think this is such a great anniversary because it's a combination of original tv series tom baker it's got the recast sarah jane smith and the monk by big finish and it's got new series in terms of kate and Osgood. And so just having that, that the total mix of those different areas and scenarios, yeah, it's, it's a clever show. And, and so there's not a lot in it, because I mean, as the, the main point I think this story is just trying to make is um, that the doctor knows the monk is present, except the monk works out it's a future monk. And so he's now, he's now warned in terms of, oh, when this, when this happens, this is what I need to tell you. And so it's sort of, oh, the, the monk knows what has to happen in the future because the, the earlier doctors told him what's going on that's right yeah so the clue at the end of this one that that sort of ties this to the next story is the monk suggests to the doctor that he go and find someone with the same genetic makeup and right. so we move on to the next story so shall i read the blurb for that sounds great uh the next one's called the artist at the end of time Suffering the effects of degeneration, the Doctor heads towards the end of the universe in search of answers. Instead, he finds his daughter, Jenny, and an artist whose works appear to mark the end of every world they touch. The Doctor stabilizes into his fifth form to join forces with Jenny and the curator to solve the mystery of the final gallery and the art it has collected. 
Gathered in this gallery are the final artworks produced by the world's now sadly silenced by time. From Big Finish Productions, Doctor Who, Once and Future, The Artist at the End of Time. You wouldn't happen to have any Time Lord DNA in this gallery, would you? You. Show me stuff. Something is wrong. What are you doing at this end of time? I bounced off a time war. You? Well, actually, I came here to find myself. This universe is dying. He finished his painting just as the world ended. Really? Killing worlds as he makes art. How will you face your death? The last creations in the universe. A diamond among the stars. A TARDIS at the end of time. Who are you? Who are you? Big Finish. For the love of stories. The Doctor spent lifetimes saving worlds. But there comes a time when the magic stops working. The Artist at the End of Time by James Goss. This was directed by Ken Bentley. The music was by Howard Carter. It was a sound design. It's a social producer. I might mention it's Georgia Tennant. So whenever Georgia Tennant's in one of her shows, she always acts as a social producer. I'm not quite sure what changes. City producer for the whole range is John Ainsworth. Um, it's, it was recorded on the 26th of July and the 19th and the 20th of September, 2022. So this was actually one of the most recent ones to be recorded on a year ago. And it's strange it's got three different days for recording. Most of them only have the one recording day. So I'm guessing that none of the cast could actually get together for this. But then they seem to be. So I don't quite understand how the recording happened. We're good to ask someone that question. It stars Peter Davis as the Doctor, Georgia Tennant as Jenny, Colin Baker as the Curator, and also the Sixth Doctor. And aside from that, there's um, appearances by Michael Troughton, Tim Law and Stephen Noonan and a couple of other parts is played by John Telfer and Abby Harris but it really is about the Doctor and the creator and with Jenny as well Yeah Philip I think this one was specifically written to get Georgia Tennant and her and Peter Davison together in the same story because that just would be fun to have the real life Doctor and Daughter uh, playing the fictional Doctor and Daughter yeah, and James um, Goss throws in some few fun lines with that relationship there. Absolutely, and that's and that's what this series does. It it's it's not it, it is not the greatest story in the world, but no, none of the anniversary stories ever are. Should I should mention too that the the first three Doctors regularly appear in they they appear in most of the of the episodes in cameos at the start or the end. Actually, Stephen Noonan has a larger role towards the end. Uh, in one of them, um, but yeah, none of them are going to get the whole a whole CD to themselves. So that's right. They do they do use those three a lot because yeah, none, none of them are going to have a whole story like the, each each of the main television doctors gets their own story. Yeah, which is a bit of a shame. But then it would have been a instead of a seven part epic, it would have been a ten part epic and yeah. that would have been 10 months long you know it would have been you know dragging it on a bit i guess but um as far as the story goes yeah it's it's an interesting story it's got a it's got a typical james goss kind of worldview or universe view to it uh with a with a james goss style twist at the end 
Um, got, uh, but lots of use of the curator as well, which is interesting because we've got Colin Baker featured here as the curator, which is a different role to the doctor. He's a bit more, well, obviously he's, he's older. He's the, yeah, he acts the physical age that Colin Baker is now rather than the younger or the more youthful sixth doctor. Um, but yeah, it was good to get those two together and these stories, these combinations allow those lines to come out. So you have anniversary throwbacks to, you know, to past stories or in jokes, lots of in jokes, things like that. So these stories are for, are typically for, for fans. They're not for casual, not for casual listeners. Um, so you've got to know your Doctor Who stuff to sort of know all the lines and you could probably go back and hear stuff that you hadn't heard the previous listen as well. Yep. I'd recommend if you enjoy this story, go and listen to Bernie Summerfield and the Extinction event. Um, there's a story there which is about Benny and actually lots of similarities. There's um, auctions happening of, of items that are the last items of certain planets before they've been destroyed. So an Extinction event is something that makes a planet extinct. And there's this, 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 how, this, this auction house selling different goods and one person turns up trying to murder people. Um, he's the last, he's actually a survivor of one of these extension events trying to get back a piece of property. So yeah, it's, there's some strong similarities between those two stories and this one, but it's, it's fascinating in terms of trying to work out what's going on, that why everywhere the curator goes, suddenly the planet's wiped out. And there's some lovely scenes on Orion. I think the, um, the stuff on Orion is probably the stuff that warmed my heart the most because it felt like yep. the Five Doctors. And once yes. again, that's that anniversary nod to the five you doctors. You can totally visualize it. Yeah. Uh, exactly. And and just similar lines and the iron storms and the it's just beautifully done. So yeah, James Gosses is which a lovely story. Also interesting that the events of the giggle could sort of show us the origin of the curator as well. Is the 14th Doctor going to go off and be the cur curator? Who knows? There's a oh, there's a, a theory a different, for you. a different curator. Well, yeah. If you listen to the um, commentary by Russell T Davis, he's actually saying that every Doctor continues on and gets old, and so it makes a lot more sense of the old Tom Baker and the old Colin Baker and etc. If that's if that is is true, but it's not been on screen yet, so it's, it doesn't have to be canon yet. <laughs> Very good. Okay. Let's move on to the next story in the series, story three, which is a seventh Doctor adventure at, with, along with Terry Malloy's Davros called A Genius for War. Here's the blurb. In the midst of the Time War, the Time Lords have received a communication from Falcus, the prison moon of Scaro. Its sole inmate, Davros, wishes to make them an offer. He will help them win the Time War, but only if the Doctor comes to his rescue. From Big Finish Productions, Doctor Who, Once and Future, a genius for war. This is Davros calling Gallifrey. Repeat, this is Davros calling Gallifrey. The General, I have been appointed to conduct your briefing. <laughs> I was in the middle of something, you know. But no, pluck me out of time, drag me halfway across the universe without so much as a buy your leave. We wouldn't use the time scoop to bring you here unless your presence was absolutely unavoidable. The Dalek Emperor has accused me of treason. I trust Davros about as far as I could throw him. Instead, I have been 
incarcerated on Falcus, the first moon of Scardo. He must be desperate. Liberate me from captivity, and I will help you defeat the Daleks. You think it's a trap? I wish to be rescued by the Time Lord known as the Doctor. So, now I know why I'm here. To save Davros. Let's get going, shall we? Dalek units to disembark and secure Falcus Morn! The Matrix has predicted the time war can only end with mutual extinction. You can appreciate that we are eager to avoid that outcome. The Matrix can be wrong. The Matrix predicted the war. The TARDIS passed through a temporal breach. I offer you the means to end the time war. I offer you victory. Big finish for the love of stories. Your appearance corresponds with the Time Lord known as the Doctor. You are the enemy of the Daleks! It's the first line on my CV. Current employment. The oncoming storm. A Genius for War by Jonathan Morris. Directed by Helen Goldwyn. And... Music by Howard Carter and sound design by Howard Carter as well. It's it was no, recorded on the 13th of September 2022, released July 2023. So once again, this is quite a recent one. Stars Sylvester McCoy as the Doctor, Ken Bones as the General, Nicholas Briggs as the Daleks, and Beth Chalmers as Becklin. There's also, most importantly, Terry Malloy as Davros. Also, also cameo appearances by the first, the second, and the third Doctors. Very good. So when did you say this was recorded? So this was recorded 30th of September, 2022. So last year in September. I think this might be the last. I, I, I didn't mean to check the order. I think this was the last one recorded. Right. Okay. Now, I, I actually wrote notes on this one, believe it or not. I actually sat down and wrote some notes. But it also happens to be my favourite one out of all seven. I just love this one because I always loved Terry Malloy as Davros. Uh, and I have enjoyed Ken Bones as general in everything I hear. I think his voice is amazing. So at the opening of this, I'll, I'll go through my notes as quickly as I can. Uh, in the opening of the story, there's a musical uh, sympathy to Trial of a Time Lord. So you get the same opening style music that that Howard Carter does. Um, and we find that the the space station has a name, the the Trial of a Time Lord space station. It's called Space Station Zenobia, which is really interesting. And it's been decommissioned, but whipped sideways in time into the Time War, so they can use it uh, for for this and other stories, I guess. Um, there's a there's a desperation that. I've never been a huge fan of the of the Time War stuff. Um, I find it a little bit complicated and confusing. But uh, I thought it was interesting that Vecklin and the General were willing to do anything to to stop the to stop the Time War. And I guess there's a lot more of that in the in the Time War stories, which I have heard most of them. And Gallifrey uh, War Room at the moment. War Room. Vecklin Be- and the General are playing major roles in, in Gallifrey, the war room. Yeah. So we, 
it, because it's set on the moon of Scaro, it, there's a there's a little a, f- a few little interesting things there where there's Khaled's on there. And I'm thinking, where did these Khaled's come from? It finds out that we find out that the Khaled's are actually clones um, that uh, that Davros has has recreated. And there's musical stings there. So uh, the musical stings relating to the Trial of a Time Lord scenes, but Howard Carter's also emulated some of the genesis of the Daleks music stings as well. I don't know if you picked up on that, Philip. Yeah. Did you pick up on that while you're listening to that? Yep. So I thought that was really, really good. There's what I was because I was listening to this with my headphones, there's one scene. Um, I think it's with the doctor and Davros just talking, and Davros is moving around the room and it it he's just his voice is moving around your head. It's an incredible sound design. Uh so really, really Im- impressed me. Um, and particularly Davros in the TARDIS control room too. I thought that was, that was really well realized, uh, in sound as well. So we've got references to the hybrid. So people who like that particular era of new series, uh, who, uh, the hybrids in there too. Um, I was a bit sad that space station was destroyed. Lots of stuff happened Mm -hmm. there that was not always good, but it was, that it was, uh, but it was nice, uh, when it, while it lasted. Um, where are we? Oh yeah. And towards the end, we've got the final scenes from Genesis of the Daleks emulated there as well with, um, Terry Malloy saying some of the same lines. Um, it just reminds us diehard fans who voted, uh, Genesis of the Daleks number one, which wasn't me. Um, but I still know the story very well. Um, so we also go to the Lake of Mutations as well. And is this is this the first time we get a reference to the diamond in the stars? I think in this story, which is, comes yes. out much more later on. So, yeah, I could listen to Beth Chalmers and Ken Bones all day long. I love this one. I think this is probably the most standalone of all the stories, because I mean, it's, it's sort of the Doctor's taken out of time to deal with the situation. It's all adventure. It's all action packed. I I think I mentioned I missed this on the way through. The first time I, I don't I downloaded mm. and just didn't listen to it. And so when I went back to have a re-listen to do this, it was brand new. And it, so I can't tell whether it's my favorite or not, because it was special because I hadn't heard it before. And it was like a discovery, like, like, like a lost story returned. Um, so I don't know how I missed the first time. But then once I was into it, it was just so loud, exciting, action-packed. Davros is just fantastic. Yeah, it, it was amazing. But I, I don't know if it's because I missed it the first time through. It's, it's, but in terms of it's, it's, it's up there as one of the best stories. And I, yeah, this is the one I want to go back and listen to again. Yeah, absolutely. All right, shall we move on to the next? Indeed. The next one is called Two's Company. Back on Earth, the Doctor finds a clue in the search for the origins of the degeneration weapon. In his sixth body... He meets Jackie Tyler and Lady Christina D'Souza, thrown together by fate or something more, in pursuit of a powerful item of jewellery. Meanwhile, a Time Lord renegade has duped Harry Sullivan into helping him stop the Doctor's travels before they begin, and all are set on a collision course. From Big Finish Productions, Doctor Who, Once and Future, Two's Company. Degenerating? I'm fluctuating between incarnations in no discernible order. Lime, besides this place, like a mansion. 
that sound? You must recognize it. Harry, who do you answer to? To you, Doctor. A future you. I'm looking for Lady Christina D'Souza. Stay right where you are and put your hands on your head. Oh, behave. Is your mum in? The place is booby-trapped. Excellent. I love a challenge. Ah, you don't improve with age, Sullivan. Doctor, what is that? Motorbike. Helmets? No. Sorry about your curls, Goldilocks. A sidecar? You're having a giraffe. <laughs> a degenerative weapon. I wonder. Big finish for the love of stories. Who's company by Lisa McMillan. Director was Helen Goldwyn for this one. And once again, music and sound design by Howard Carter. Matt Fitton being the script editor. This one stars Colin Baker. Um, Tim Law is the third Doctor and has some sizable stuff to do as well. But it's mainly Colin Baker's story as the Doctor this time. Also starring Camilla Kuduri as Jackie Tyler and Michelle Ryan as Lady Christina. And as mentioned, Christopher Naylor playing Harry Sullivan. And the Renegade is played by Michael Maloney. Of course, the, the Renegade is just so we don't give away this, the plot of who the Renegade really is because it's someone we know. What do you think of this one, Brain? Loved it because that casting didn't spoil it for me on the first listen, but I'm going to spoil it for you now. Uh, and it's in the title, Two's Company. And as the story was progressing, I'm going, oh, of course, of course, it's an early adventure for who we originally were introduced to as the Eleven, the Time Lord who, re when he regenerates, retains the personalities of the previous. So he's like a, a, a Time Lord with multiple personality disorder. Uh, and sometimes these incarnations assert themselves. But this is the second incarnation. So he's only got one other incarnation inside throughout this. Um, but what a what a pairing. I loved the pairing of Camille Kaduri and and uh, Christ, Lady Christina. They were so funny. If you can get through the scene where they are just cracking up, I don't know what they're saying, but they're just laughing and it just seems to go on and on. And it's just perfect. Perf if you like Jackie Tyler, then this is the one for you. <laughs> I was thinking all the way through the Jackie and Lady Christina, what an amazing box that that would be. Because yeah. you have two characters and actresses from very different worlds who talk so differently and yet they just like each other and respect each other. And the, the, the two of them were just giving the poor Dr. Hell, um, which was part of the joy of it all in terms of, yeah, I mean, Colin Baker's a big, I mean, he needed, you needed it to be a big doctor to deal with those two characters because they're both so big and so large. Um, and once again, it's that, that beautiful mix of classic Doctor Who with new Doctor Who with big finish um, thrown throwing together. Christopher Nail as Harry Sullivan, you know, beautifully, competently played. He, he does I thought this was one of his best performances as I Harry, I was going to say, I think has a real charm in this. Um, I'm not sure, did I mention the fact that this was recorded in, so this was recorded April 2021, um, though not released to August 2023. So this is another fairly early, really, really early recorded one. Um, but yeah, just everyone has played so well together. And yeah, Michael Maloney as the two, just plays him really, really well. In some ways, it's a pretty normal plot of, you know, the two discovers his future, the Doctor's going to be a problem, and so decides, well, I'll kill him now. And you, you know it's never going to work. But the other thing that it puts in play is the fact of, and it's, it's a bit of a red herring, herring 
that the two hears about the degenerate weapon for the first time. And so immediately going, oh, hang on a second. If the two's heard about this, then it must be, maybe it's a future um, one of the two that's going to cause all the problems. And so there's all these things being put in along the way. So sort of going, oh, well, I wonder if that's what's going on here. Um, but uh, to, to me, the, the standout here is just the performances. Colin Baker, Camille Kaduri, Michelle Ryan, those three together are just spectacular. Yeah. So bit of a bit of a heist story, of course, if you've got Lady Christina. But yeah, you're right. This combination was just really, really enjoyable, even though it wasn't overly plot heavy. Just the the way they spar off each other was just sensational, and the and the yeah. twist that got that did get me that the two was the two, uh, I really enjoyed yep. that too. Mm. Okay, oh, one thing I should mention is that I bought the special editions, and with those you get extended extras. That's the main uh, benefit of getting the extended. And uh, I didn't have the issues. People were seeming to have issues with the packaging, but because I've got download only, I did that obviously didn't affect me but i don't there know were, how you were, feel there, there were ugly covers can i just say the the the, the, the special edition ones special edition covers were just awful well because i've got to say I, I like the standard edition ones better yeah that's what i said the standard edition covers were beautiful and mm. you know those they, they were bright with color and all the characters as opposed mm. to these dull drub you know back-to-back heads and faces oh i mean the diamond logo just yeah i i just wish I on my on the app i had the option to switch the cover to the standard edition because it's much nicer <laughs> it is much nicer well i've i yeah you know, I, I often then download them onto my apple music and i i change the covers in that so yeah. my apple music is showing the right covers even though i got the standard even though i got the special edition yeah but definitely worth getting the special edition for the standard extras that's for sure yeah Okay, let's move on to the next story, story number five. Uh, This one's called The Martian Invasion of Planetoid 50. The first Doctor arrives in Victorian London amid a Martian invasion, but he discovers all is not what it seems when Missy appears. Soon, the Doctor is propelled into a future incarnation, the Tenth, but he's not alone in battling Missy and her Martian invaders. The Paternoster gang, Madame Vastra, Jenny Flint and Strax are also here to assist, but can they offer the Doctor any help in solving his own degeneration mystery? My scanner indicates that you may have been the Doctor at some point, or that you may be in the future. That's because I'm stuck in a mid-degenerative state. Probably. From Big Finish Productions, Doctor Who, Once and Future, The Martian Invasion of Planetoid 50. I think I must be a future face. Mistress! The alarm has been triggered. Really? Has it really? No. I simply will not accept it. Something is very wrong. Now, listen, I have some questions. I want to see if your answers are any different to Jessamy's. Where are we and when are we? London Earth, Victorian era. But I always wanted a pet lizard. Oh, look. You've not touched your food. <laughs> Sorry, have we met? I've a head like Swiss cheese. Oh. Look at you. I was hoping for one of the classics. Time itself, along with our memories, appears out of joint. It's them! Doctor, Doctor, it's the Martians! That thing's using its heat ray. Everyone out before it burns this place to the ground! Come on! Uh, They're coming. Lots of them. 
There's only one time Lord would ever do something so mind-bogglingly, time-consumingly ridiculous. Oh, you say such pretty things. Big finish for the love of stories. Oh, my dear doctor, you have been naive. <laughs> The Invasion of Planetoid 50 by Jonathan Barnes. This one's directed back to Ken Bentley again. He and Helen Goldman are sharing director's duties backwards and forwards. Music and sound design by Howard Carter. And script editor was Matt Fitton. Recorded, this is the earliest one, recorded on the 10th of October 2020. Released in September 2023. So this is by far the first recorded and it's recorded during lockdown while David Tennant was hugely available. So during that huge period of time, when they were just pumping out story after story for David Tennant, they decided to get this one in there as well. So David Tennant played the Tennant Doctor, Michelle Gomez is Missy. It's got the uh, Pachinostas gang with Nerve McIntosh as Madame Vastra, Dan Stark as Drax, and Caitlin Stewart as Jenny, Jenny Flat. And it also has uh, Stephen Noonan, Tim Trelaw as the first and the third Doctor, and Hannah Genesisius. I don't know if I pronounced that Genesis. Yeah, I think I have to see me more. So, as I said, 10th Doctor, Madame Vassar, Jenny Strax, and Missy. So, this is the story that uh, Stephen Noonan's first Doctor gets quite a sizable portion of the story at the opening, maybe 10 or 15 minutes. Uh, he's in the first uh, bit of it before he settles on the 10th Doctor. And finally, the degeneration effect is propelling the incarnations forward rather than backwards. So apart from the first Doctor and a bit of a cameo from Tim Trelaw at the end, uh, we've got no combinations of any classic series elements here uh, in this Doctor. We've only got the 10th Doctor and Missy and the Paternoster Gang. The, with Missy and the Paternoster Gang being almost contemporaries of the new series and the 10th Doctor not being not far behind. What do you think of this combination? It was, it was interesting the 10th Doctor with Missy because Missy is very much designed for Peter Capaldi's Doctor. Um, the Masters and Doctors go together. And, and so, you know, so John Sims was, it was the master for David Tennant. So it's, it's interesting seeing Missy with David Tennant. But once again, even Missy's not quite normal either, because we work out that Missy's well, actually also been hit. She's but, suffering with the degeneration too, but that's we, right. did it, was it, was it established which master it was that she was at the time? Was it a, it was a past master, wasn't it? Could it have been, past could, could have even been Ainley. So she was dropping Ainley lines here and there. So yes, could have been that one. Don't know. Yeah, even though Ainley wasn't technically a Todd, but. <laughs> no, I, need, I would need to double think. I, I can't remember whether it hit or not, but it's once again, it was Michelle had also been hit by the, the Missy had also been hit by the weapon. And, but yeah, it was, it was interesting seeing them. I mean, she, Michelle Gomez is just such an amazing actress and just so, does such Isn't awful she? things. Um, and so, yeah, Catelyn Stewart's bit the first, actually, it threw me a bit because because she was under mind control for the first half. And so she was therefore speaking in a really flat voice. I really struggled to realize it was Jenny because she wasn't sounding like Jenny because she'd lost her accent with the mind control. Um, but aside from that, there are beautiful moments. Dan Starkey does another amazing job. Um, yeah, it, it's it's a it's a good listen. It's a fun little story, um, and it, it just this, you know the whole question of this is one was you know, what was missing here as well. Um, all these questions being you know being raised. 
Um, but the whole premise of the war, the war of the worlds and what Miss is up to is hilarious in a mm. bizarre way. So it, it, it's, it, it is the war of the worlds because there's the tripods, there's alien invasion, but there's little twists along the way too. And then you start working out, oh, Missy, what are you up to? But <laughs> it's, yeah, it, 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 it goes very bizarre. Um, Jonathan Barnes has really written a, a very unique left of field story with this one. But once again, it's the dialogue that the, everyone fires off each other. You wouldn't even know that Michelle Gomez was a continent away doing her recording yeah. at the time. It just sounds like she's there in the room. So um, she, as you said, yeah, I was going to say that too. She's such an amazing actor. And what a, what a performance as Missy. Yeah. But I don't know if I was suffering when I re-listened. I might have been suffering a little bit for some uh, David Tennant burnout. I don't know. But it was like, oh, David Tennant again. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. All right. Shall we move on to the next one? Let's. Okay. Story six in Once and Future Time Lord Immemorial. Slipping between bodies, the Ninth Doctor finds his TARDIS caught between universes as the cosmos starts to break down. A Doctor from another reality arrives and they join forces with Livchanka and the Lumiat to find the cause. Someone has desecrated the mythical hall of the Time Lord Immemorial, where the sands of time from the multiverse are held, and those sands are running out. Once upon a Gallifrey. From Big Finish Productions, Doctor Who, Once and Future, Time Lord Immemorial. What have you done to my console room? This is my console room. You're trespassing. You're, You're from, from an alternate, alternate universe. Or rather, you are. We were friends a long time ago. I've changed a lot since then. <laughs> what was that? Degeneration. You said degenerating is like a sort of reverse regeneration. Sand. It's pouring through the walls. Silicons. They look like an army. The sands of time are running out. And they're starting to march. Time itself is unraveling. They're gaining on us. Talk about quicksand. Right, here goes. Wait for me. Oh, my, it can't be. It is. It's the hall of the Time Lord Immemorial. The Doctor. Always the Doctor. Big finish for the love of stories. I'm the Lumiat. Would you mind terribly giving me a hand to save the multiverse? Time Lord in Memorial by Lisa McMullen. As usual, same old crew have done most of this. Um, I will mention different different director again. Well, back to Helen Goldwyn. And written by Lisa McMullen. I'm not sure I mentioned that before. This one's recorded on the 18th of November, 2021, released October 2023. This one actually starred Christopher Eccleston as the Doctor, David Warner as the Doctor from the other alternative universe, who we know through the Bernie Summerfield stories, um, Gina McKee as the Lumiad, um, Robert Powell as the Time Lord Memorial, and as the companion, Nicola Walker as Livchenka. So it's an interesting mix of people. Wow. Now, when I saw... The cover for this when i saw it's a multi-doctor story like 
Eccleston said he would never do. Um, it's kind of a little bit different to a multi-doctor story, but you know what I mean. We kind of got a multi-doctor story in the second one with the with Peter Davison and Colin Baker. And the curator, yeah. So yeah, that was kind of a multi-doctor story, and then this is another Just like kind this one. of... <laughs> well, I think this one's probably actually more of a multi-doctor story than that one, because... The curator's not really clear, whereas... They're, these, they're both is, in they, on the adventure together. These are, two, these are two established doctors who are together the whole time as doctors. And, of course, David Warner's doctor is very established in Big Finish, um, as is the character of Livchenka, Nicola Walker, and the Lumiat, who I think the Lumiat may have appeared in Doom Coalition for the first time. Is that right? Yes, I believe so, yes. Yeah, so the Lumiat is a, a future good incarnation of the Master. Uh, which uh, so it's interesting combination here and when i saw robert powell i thought wow this is fantastic he's never been a big finish and robert powell such a huge name i thought of course uh i thought this is this is going to be great but i've got to say philip out of all seven of these this one is the most disappointing to me i found the story really difficult to follow difficult to understand of course the chemistry's there and the with the dialogue they're sparring off each other but I found the story so incomprehensible uh, and I felt that Robert Powell in particular was wasted as the Time Lord Immemorial. Um, David Warner, I don't know if it was the last thing he recorded. I don't think it was the last thing he recorded, but he, he wasn't sounding overly well either, which is not his fault, obviously. But Robert Powell, I think, that was that was my biggest disappointment, that he didn't have a, a bigger role. His voice was treated, so you didn't get to hear his voice properly throughout so but i mean i thought about it and i thought yeah this is this is also a lockdown story as well so i think they're remotely recording um so i was i was forgiving it on certain points for that but i found it just really incomprehensible this one and i don't think it really did anything to serve the plot of overall well, I'm not sure much of them do much to serve the plot, to be perfectly honest. Overall, <laughs> I, I think the number of plot devices that link them all together is very slim. It's it's the bad wolf of um, linking materials. <laughs> um, I I actually really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the pairings. Um, I mean, yeah, Christopher Eccleston and Dale Warner when they were together were superb, and I loved how they bounced each, bounced off each other. I think when Nicola, I Nicola's, did, I did too. I did too. I, it's just the story that got me, I think, more than anything. Uh, okay. They were just, I don't think the story bothered me in terms of, you know, because it was all about this, I, I want to say mystical sand, that might be the wrong word, but, you know, it's, it's what powers the weapon and would help bring stability to the Doctor. And someone had been there and stolen this mystical sand to make the weapon. And so it was a bit of a whodunit in terms of what's going on there. Plus, in terms of it's sort of fantasy, it's sort of mind robberish sort of world, you, you're, different spaces you're going into, which aren't reality. And so it's, it's coming to terms with the where you are. I, I really didn't mind it. And as I said, to me, the way they play off each other is really powerful. Um, Gina McKenna, the, the Lumet has appeared elsewhere. I'd kind of forgotten who she was. And I was trying to put, put him, I, it took me a while to place where well, I kind of understood who she was in the story. But then for the life of me, I couldn't remember what she'd been in beforehand or what she'd done beforehand. Um, it's actually quite a chilling scene towards the end because you realise that this is the same master as Missy was, which is one that's been hit by the weapon. 
and so it keeps degenerating. So the Lumiere wasn't the proper Lumiere. It was a forward projection of the master. And towards the end, the Lumiere is losing her. She's about to degenerate again. And she, it's her pain of, I don't want to go back to being that awful man or that, yeah, the awful man. Yeah. Um, and so, and, then, and just her trying to warn people around her to get away because she knows all their lives will be in danger once she changes. So there were, there were some really special moments. I mean, I loved the whole, the friend, the, what is it, the friend, the enemy, the witness. There's a fourth thing too, that the, 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 the four of them had to do different things. And just the fact that um, I just thought Livchenko really assumed she was the friend um, and being told by the master, well, no, you're not the friend, actually. I'm the friend and I'm the enemy. I'm those two. You're you're the witness. Yeah, yeah. And just poor Livchenko finding out she's just a witness. It was it was a bit interesting. So I, I it was it's it was very different in style to the others, which is why I think I liked it because it was out there. It was more fantasy. It was a bit bizarre. Um, yeah, I liked it. And if we could get Robert Powell back again, that'd be awesome. Oh, I know. I, I do. I, I do know what you're saying. Like, I must admit, I hadn't realized I hadn't clicked who it was until I was actually doing my notes for this episode, and I went Robert Powell. I said, Robert Powell. I know that name. He's famous. And I actually Googled him and went, Oh, it is that Robert Powell. Like, it really threw me yeah. that someone who is so well known has done so much stuff was really a very minor role. But anyhow, yeah. he, it was as you said, it was during the pandemic, and there wasn't much work going, and he was probably happy for the money. <laughs> yeah, and, and we, we know Christopher Eccleston was. That's that's why he came back for the money. Yep. yep. All right. Let's move on to the last story in Once and Future for this year, at, at any rate. Uh, it's called the Union. The Doctor responds to a distress call from his granddaughter Susan, taking him to the Diamond Array, a huge multi-dimensional space station. Once there, his instability increases as the 4th and 8th Doctors discover the Array's terrible purpose. Meanwhile, River Song has made a deadly alliance to try to save her husband, and the truth about the Doctor's degeneration will finally be revealed. Degeneration, an enforced mystery to her through all of my lives. From Big Finish Productions, Doctor Who, Once and Future, The Union. Fighting it so long, I can't hold things together anymore. Ah, it's happened again, hasn't it? Oh, oh, this is a pretty pickle. Those follies into my future disrupting my entire existence. Intolerable. Utterly intolerable. Miss Song, it's you. Professor. River song. My entire self adrift on my time stream. I've been better. Ah! I'm unreliable. Moving into position. Ah, oh, teeth and curls. This should be fun. Target identified. Grandfather! What are you doing here? No. I I will set this universe in stone. You'll kill us all. Basically, with a... Two people in the universe, best place to help the doctors. And are you going to kill me? I could watch you suffer all eternity long. And I will. Big finish for the love of stories.
Jammy Dodger! Here, bit dusty, but you can pick off the fluff. The Union by Matt Fitton. Directed by Ken Bentley. Script editor, editor for this one was Robert Valentine. Because up until now, this time, Matt Fitton had done all the script editing, but he couldn't script edit his own, and so he brought his friend Robert Valentine in. And as always, Howard Carter doing both the sound design and music. A senior producer was John Ainsworth. Covers by Lee Johnson. Uh, executive producers Jason Haig Ellery and Nicholas Briggs, as per all the others. This one was recorded on the 19th of November 2021, released October 2023, starring Paul McGann and Tom Baker as the two main doctors, but also Carol Ann Ford as Susan, Alex Kingston as River Song, and Maureen O'Brien playing an unusual role playing the Union, not playing Vicky. And of course, every other doctor you can imagine was in it Colin Baker, Jonathan Carley playing the War Doctor, Peter Davison, Jacob Dudman doing the 11th and the 12th Doctor. Michael, oh, sorry, Sylvester McCoy, Stephen Noonan, David Tennant, Tim Law, and Michael Troughton. And there's also other performances by Michael Maloney and Rufus Howard as the Monk. Big cast for this one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, do you think it all paid off successfully for you? No. Really? <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> um, no, I, I, okay, once again, I did enjoy this. Um, I did enjoy. The Union and the character by Maureen O'Brien, pretty. Sure, the performance was outstanding, wasn't it? The performance was outstanding. Are we spoiling who the Union is? Yeah, why not? So once again, the Union is a future 11, 12, 13, whatever. Um, the Union is all that uh, has been managing to capture all of the characteristics of the 12, maybe more, and form one in the Union. Um, and so Michael Maloney is actually also in it as the two, um, but basically is a bit of a slave now, being made into a slave, but gets a bit of freedom later on. So you have the two and you have the Union, and the Union has been trying to destroy the Doctor still. Rufus Hound appears against the Monk, now understanding what the first episode was all about, is that there's a link he, there. That's what ties it back into the first That's what ties it back story. into the first, first story and the, the link. Um Paul McGann and Tom Baker have fairly equal time. I guess it's a, it's a bit more of a Paul McGann story, but it's appropriate that you've got the original, the, the oldest and the youngest of the sort of big Finnish doctors, because um, you know Tom Baker's now been around for it took a long time to get in, but yeah, both those doctors took a while. For, well, it was hard to get both of them, but they're such stalwarts of big Finnish now. I thought it was appropriate to have those two as bookending. Yeah, um, loved loved to have Caroline Ford back. She's not young anymore, um, but she did, did a great performance as, as the Doctor's granddaughter, and it was appropriate that River Song was here. Um, she kind of belonged um, and got to meet a lot of the other Doctors, which is great because, you know, you want River to have met all the Doctors along the way, and so she's there. It's a, there's a lot of extended stuff with all the Doctors. It's, it's, it's a, I guess there's still cameos, but there's an important plot device happening in terms of why we have to meet them and what they're going through and experiencing. It, it is a good wrap-up, I guess. I guess, well, why did I say no? I'm, I'm never sure. I'm, I guess it, the stakes were never that high. I guess it, it is the Doctor's life and the Doctor's degenerating, but it feels like the stakes weren't quite big enough for six or seven stories. How many, how many was it? Six or seven already? Seven. Seven here. 
And I can't, I've got no idea why they're holding one back for 12 months and what on earth is going to happen in 12 months' time. That's a very interesting decision. Um, did I enjoy them all? Yes, I enjoyed them all. I think I would have preferred them to all come out as one box set. I really did struggle one a month in terms of rem remembering what happened. And so when I actually listened to all of them into one week, I enjoyed them a lot more that way. But what did you think? Were you happy with the payoff? I was, and I was a bit like you. I, you know, I'm a bit more of a fan of the month to month, but with so much that we were trying to do and listen to over the time, I was sort of getting swamped with everything else and forgetting the details of the, of the previous stories or maybe not even listening to them or concentrating on them enough as much as I should have. Um, I, I did find myself thinking, okay, if this is, you know, the, the union is the ultimate character that we were, you know, is the two and the 11, the nine, the 12, we've met all those ones. I, I, I was thinking, well, if we've got this character, why don't we have the actor who played the original one, Mark Bonner? I thought, I felt, I felt it, it missed him. So we have had a lot of him in recent unit box sets. So maybe, you know, they felt that that's enough of Mark Bonner, but I thought he, he was pr pretty integral to the, to the plot. I thought as the, the original one that we were introduced to as, as big Finnish fans. And if it's an anniversary story, bringing together all these different elements, I thought that he would have been a integral part of that. Did you feel that he was missing at all? Or were you okay with him not being there? Um, I think, I think had he been there, he may have become too dominant for the crowded event. crowded. Cause I mean, you know, we've had the 11, we've had the 12 and the six as well. Um, and it, I mean, it was interesting in terms of why do, we, 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 it was the origin story for the 11, which is, you know, the origin story is that the 11 got hit by his own weapon and therefore split his personalities. So it, it was an interesting, it was, a, it was good to have this origin story for the 11. I just, I'm concerned that if you'd had the 11 as well, it would have detracted too much from the Doctor. And the celebration is supposed to be the Doctor, the Doctor's anniversary. And you already yeah. had the two and you had the union. And you had the shadow of the 11, the 12, the 6 there anyhow. So I, I didn't mind the 11 wasn't there. I loved Caroline Ford's performance. She was, you know, she was this older woman, but still, she still had those, you know, grandfather inflections in her voice like she did back in those yeah. early days. And that was really nice to hear. It was nice to get some, some scenes between Stephen Noonan and her. Yeah. Where he he said to her, "I, you know, now it was the eighth doctor that said he was proud, but I think he was quoting something from Dalek Invasion of, of yeah, Earth." You, you went forward in all your beliefs and proved to me, and yeah, what, not to be mistaken in mind. So yeah, yeah, it was something was like that. Yeah, that was that, I, Yeah, I thought that was really nice. Um, and that's and that's what you want in an anniversary. You want those references that go back and uh, those nostalgic moments uh, to come out. And so for me, I. I, I loved Maureen O'Brien. I thought she was outstanding, but I really loved Caroline Ford in this one. And I think to me that this that was the standout for me. Yeah. Mm. Well, I, mean, I I think once again they were able to take you back to the very beginning with Caroline Ford. Yeah. And with, with Jake and Dubman, you know, taking you to the twelfth Doctor, you you really had the entire range of all the Doctors in. How'd you enjoy his voices? Um, I think his eleventh is great. I think his twelfth. Suspend it. your disbelief a bit. Yeah, I, yeah. I wasn't able to. 
So <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't think the twelfth is was strong enough. The the lines were good. The lines were good. Yeah, the script was great. And and I did. And, and yeah, I, if I, if I just tried to cut out the fact that I thought, yeah, he he was just yeah. Any, I've come to really appreciate Tim Delore and Stephen Noonan and Michael Troughton because they've captured the heart of their doctors. And mm-hmm. I do think Jake has captured the heart of Matt Smith. I think Peter Capaldi is just a bit old for Jacob to play. I think I think Jacob is becoming an extraordinary actor. I think he's got an amazing career ahead of him and he's doing some pretty you know, good stuff. But the reality is he's still a very young man and a very young man playing an established actor and probably one of the one of the best actors to have ever played the doctor is Peter Capaldi. I think there was just too much nuance that he wasn't able to get. You know, so with Matt Smith, he's played Matt a lot more, but he's able to get the energy, the boundness, and the excitement because he's you know, Matt's young, like he's young. But the gravitas and the depth that Peter Capaldi is, I just don't think he was able to quite get that heart. Is that too hard? No, I think that's a fair assessment, and uh, he might even agree with you, but. Uh, I've got to say, I do have the ability to, well, not that it's ability, I do find myself suspending my disbelief and just going along with the, yeah, I, I find myself going along with his his 12th Doctor uh, a lot easier than many people have expressed that I've seen. So, yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit more forgiving, I think, of, of that than you are. I mean, no, no hate for me. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not the... No, no, the I don't. It's just that I thought, oh, no, I don't, don't think he's quite captured it. Yeah, yeah. So overall, I think the concept was a good one. Started a long, long time ago, back in back in lockdown, started. Even uh, Jason Hay-Gallery, when we were talking to him a couple of years ago on the podcast, was dropping yeah. hints that this was all in the works. So now we have the culmination of it. Um, I, I'm quite satisfied with it. I... I I enjoy what what it was trying to to do. Uh, I enjoyed the ride, and it's something I would definitely revisit. Yeah, it's, it's a lovely anniversary. I mean, people have very definite views about what is anniversary, what's not anniversary. We've sort of been hearing a lot of that for the last two, two, three weeks. Um, I think it's a lovely anniversary story. I think it's a big finish celebration of Doctor Who because of just the way they've keyed into yes they have picked up on all their ranges of course they have and why wouldn't they you know they've still, they've still got to market what they what else they do and i hope that a few people do pick up the lady christina sets or the rose sets with camilla Cuduri or other things oh christina because, in particular are fabulous i love those yeah i love those too and yeah i'm, I'm not sure how well they sell but those both those two box sets are lovely um and even the, the jenny box set is great too so it's a shame this would be a bit more jenny but so I, I don't blame Big Finish for wanting to show car, car, showcase some of their other ranges. I guess I, I would have loved to have had more classic Doctor Who companions in, in as well. Um, I mean, it's lovely that Maureen O'Brien got to play a role, which was good. I'm trying to think of anyone else. I think she's the only ex-companion who got a different role. Um, and she played it so well. But, I mean, I would have loved Peter Purvis and Fraser Hines and Wendy Padbury and... It, it would have been nice to find a way to have put them all in, mm. but it would have got too cluttered, and I do understand that. But you kind of feel that when you've got seven discs, 
you should have a lot of space to do stuff, but they were trying to make the individual stories. So I understand what's going on. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe a 16 half an hour parts where each half an hour part was a companion. And I don't know. Who knows? We'll see what they do for the 70th because I know that they're already planning it. <laughs> yes. Yes. I was going to say we'll get together in 10 years and talk about the 70th and see what, uh, that, what, how that turns out. We'll be heading um, towards 70 ourselves. I was going to say that's a depressing thought. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, uh, Philip, it's been a wonderful year. I think it's time we had a bit of a break now. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. We might put out a, maybe we could put out one or two other bits and pieces from some of the other events. But yeah, yeah. I, think it's, I think it has been a lovely year. And it was, thank you for doing that reflection in the rabbit hole. Because to be perfectly honest, if you asked me who we'd spoken to this year, I would have no idea without <laughs> looking it up. Um, yeah. And just, yeah, what, what an amazing year. And how, how lucky are we to have such amazing audios, entertainment, and people who are stupid enough to come and talk to us. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, very, very good. And, and just, uh, yeah, super thankful for the guests that we had on. But I say too, super thankful too for the audience. Um, thank you, yeah, from all over the world, yeah, more than half of you in the UK, but, um, yeah, America, Canada, Germany, um, New Zealand, Australia. Um, there's another country I saw have a bit of representation too, which I thought was that's a bit strange recently. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's great to have all of you listening to us or watching us. Um, I'm very thankful for that, and um, yeah, hope hope you enjoy some of what we do. Very good. All right, we'll be back uh, for a bonus episode in about ten days' time, won't we? When we're we when we're talking will. about Shooty Gat was first episode, so we'll we'll definitely do that because have you those... have you listened to the song? Yes, I have. Did you enjoy yeah. it? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious. It's so good. <laughs> very dark very dark oh, it made me laugh and laugh have you, did you watch the video as well yeah yeah i did okay i'm always curious as to as to what's going to happen so i'll be uh i'll be tuning in for sure and i'll give my thoughts uh to you in a couple of weeks without any notice so well, that should okay. be fun yeah and all those people <laughs> who are too miserable to go on you've got your happy ending 14th doctors he's retired you can stop now you don't have to keep <laughs> winding on uh, good stuff well listen it's been All great right. as always Dwayne alright until next time we'll catch you all later bye everyone this has been the Sirens of Audio episode 183 Once and Future with your hosts Philip Edney and Dwayne Bunny original theme music composed by Joe Kramer more about us from sirensofaudio.com comment below to let us know what you thought of the episode or contact us via email at sirensofaudio at gmail.com or via any one of our socials. The handle is at Audio Sirens. We're going to take a few weeks off now from regular episodes, but in the meantime, we may drop a few bonus ones here and there. But until next year, thanks for listening, audiophiles. We'll hear you next time.